Welcome into Teachers by Day, the podcast by teachers where we talk about life and all of its craziness outside of the classroom, offering our unique perspective. This is episode 21. I am your host, Jeff, joined as always by my fellow bro teacher, Lance. All right, Lance, summer break is coming to a triumphant end this week. How are we feeling? You know, all in all, it's been a really good summer. I feel like with every passing year of teaching, there's two things that happen over the summer. One is I'm able to disconnect from the profession better. Like I'm able to completely separate myself from the teaching role and focus on being a husband and a dad and all that. And two, it goes quicker every <laughs> summer because I cannot believe that one, we've been out of school for what, two months now? Two months, yeah. Completely, two months like completely free. And it doesn't seem like it in the slightest. And now I did some um, professional development stuff this past week. So now it's like truly we're here. And then, of course, we start back in about, what, five days. So it's been good. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, I, I echo that. I think I, I had a really good combination this summer of like my wife and I planned some trips. We went to a concert. You know, like we, we did a lot of stuff to make sure that we weren't quote unquote you know, wasting the opportunity to have this time off. But I also feel like I really got to relax and recharge. And I think you you and I were talking off pod. We kind of feel the same way about this. Uh, as fast as the summer goes, and of course, as much as we enjoy it, I still kind of like back in the days when I was a kid in school, like you do kind of get excited again for the start mm. of school and, and you're ready to get back. And that, I mean, I get a little antsy around the house. Like I, so when the PD <laughs> stuff starts up, it it's a nice way to like wean ourselves back into the full work week because like, all right, I did a half day of work yesterday. That's good. I'm good for today. Now we'll relax mm -hmm. for another day and build ourselves up to the full five-day school week. Yeah, I was up there yesterday doing the half day and man, I, I was tired. I'm going to be real. I got home and I was yeah. like, why am I so exhausted? I know. I, I was like, yeah. I'm going to do my... I'm going to do my run after I work the half day. And I did it yesterday, but I was like, dude, how did I do this? Like all throughout the school year, like my legs are... Not, we're not in the condition we are like mid-school year. Is that a treadmill run or is that an outdoor run? Treadmill run, and I was watching X-Men the Animated Series while I did my run. You it pops to. up, skip intro when the intro comes up, and I'm like, what is wrong with you, Disney Plus? Skip the show, play the intro. That's like the option you that should Just keep playing this thing on loop so I can get hyped up. I'm worried now, that I would break Usain Bolt's sprint record if that thing played on loop. I do have to ask, because we talked about this either last pot or the previous one before that, you said over the summer you were going to try to accomplish three days of doing absolutely nothing. Did you accomplish your goal? I think we're like almost right at three. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think I did. One of them was this week, actually. I was like, this is like my last chance to get in a, a week of doing nothing. So mission accomplished there. Are you wearing pajama pants? I can't. I can only see his top half right now, so I, I don't know if he's I, wearing pajama pants and slippers right now. Sort of. I have slippers on, but I have basketball shorts, which are basically what I sleep in. So, yeah, we can go. Yeah. All right. Well, here on Teachers by Day, we start every episode off with our lesson plan, which is our main topic of discussion. And today's lesson plan, Lance and I are going to go over some of the trashier reality television shows that we typically enjoy. And this is something we have talked about previously on the pod as... I think it's important that throughout our lives, we all have something that is so low rent and just stupid that we're invested in that it just helps us sort of take a break from the stresses of everyday life. And nothing quite scratches that itch 
like trashy reality television. And Lance and I have done several guilty pleasure lists uh, before for like shows and, and, you know, movies and things like that. But Lance, I'm just going to come out and say this. I'm not embarrassed that I like any of these shows. So the guilt is just completely absent from my list. How about you? I'm with you. Um, these shows define a pretty good amount of me because they're all kind of over the pl- all over the place a little bit. Um, I will say, in general, reality TV I find really stupid. Yes. And even some of these shows I find stupid, but I still love it. I'm still like, very easily entertained by it. My wife was on a kick for she might get back into it eventually for like two months where she watched the real housewives of New Jersey habitually. And I'm not going to act like I wasn't ever paying attention to it and sort of getting into it. But that to me is like the, the basement of like, like there's really no uh, redeeming quality about that. And it's just like, so obviously scripted that I'm like, all right, this isn't even, this doesn't even feel slightly real. Yeah. Those shows. And then obviously all the Kardashian stuff, spinoffs and all that are all so easily portrayed that they're the producers are pushing things which all these shows do to some you know to a point but those it's so blatantly obvious at least with some of these they're a little bit more vague yeah so before we dive into our list as always lance are yours in any order mine actually i am going to do mine in order today i think dude i am too Oh, sweet. <laughs> we didn't even plan that part. Normally, we have zero ranking at all. It's just whatever comes to mind. So, yeah, I literally awesome. put them together and I was like, this actually is in a definitive ranking order. So, great. All right. Okay. So, we're doing three each. So, what's the first one that you want to talk about for your trashy TV slash okay. reality show? So, we'll go three, two, one, of course. Uh, and number three, this one was really kind of my dipping of the toe into reality TV many, many years ago. Um, I fell in love with a little show called Vanderpump Rules. Now, obviously, it's gotten thrown into the limelight here recently because of all the drama that's been taking place, very public cheating scandal. Uh, But back in the day, it was still relatively unknown compared to some of the other Bravo shows. And if you go back and watch season one and two, they're so much better than these, like, more recent. When did the show start? (sighs) What year? I think I got to say it's... If we're in 2023 right now, I got to say it started in like 2012. Oh, wow. It's so they're like 10 seasons, basically. Yeah, they just finished the 10th season. So, um, but yeah, it follows, if you are familiar, Lisa Vanderpump. She owns several restaurants in Los Angeles and one particular one. Uh, it follows some of the staff members that are there and all the drama that ensues between them. It's the biggest piece of trash all stupid it's all scripted to a point but some of the stuff bleeds over into reality and that's what makes it that much more entertaining so i actually didn't know the restaurant angle to it so is a lot of it at the restaurant dealing with yeah. like the business or is it most of it just like they're you know uh well-to-do affluent people that own restaurants and it's sort of like about their social life so in the beginning um all of them were either servers or bartenders at the restaurant and since then they've kind of gone their own separate ways um some of them own their own businesses now or have some type of other entity going on but it's all tied back to lisa vanderpump who is super cool lady like i mean the fact she was actually started on the real housewives Mm. so she was kind of like the spinoff from that so she's still on real housewives but then she also has vanderpump 
So the amount of money this lady must be worth, it's got to be just astronomical. I have to ask, is the title Vanderpump Rules, is that like the rules of her restaurant? Or is that saying like, yeah, Vanderpump Rules? I think it's the second one. Okay. <laughs> That's the dumbest title then. Isn't it? Yeah. But you should, just watch the intros, the intro segments throughout the years if you want to see the dumbest stuff. They're all like slow-mo people in a restaurant serving drinks, like <sighs> cascading, and the drink is spilling out slowly. And Very artistic. Well, you and I have made fun of like the 90s sitcom intro, like Full House. Everyone turns mm. towards the camera and laughs. So it seems like a similar intro. <laughs> but yeah, uh, IMDb has this ranked as a 5.9 out of 10. I think they're they're cheating it a little bit. It's worth more than that. IMDb is pretty ruthless with some of their ratings, I have to say. Honestly, what you need to do if you're if you're not a fan of the show, over the last ones, the biggest the best part of it has been the reunion at the end of every season when they all come back together after more stuff has hit the limelight. Mm-hmm. Because the drama that ensues there is next level, and it's almost to the point where it's not affecting you in any way, shape, or form, but you still feel uncomfortable watching it. Yeah, which that's how that's the mark of a good reality show, is when it's not even affecting your reality. And it still makes you uncomfortable. But you get like a little like squeamish in your seat. Yeah. So Vanderpump Rules, um, very, very good trash show. Cannot get enough of it. So my number three, I actually think has crossed over with some characters from your show. Um, And that is Summer House. Although Mm -hmm. I'm also putting Winter House in here too, because Winter House is essentially the same show. It just believe it or not, takes place in the winter (laughs) instead of the summer. I see that they were really creative with these titles on these Bravo shows, right? Yeah, there's a guy who definitely has earned his uh, yacht and mansion based on coming up with these. Um, So the premise to Summer and Winter House is pretty simple. This is also in the Bravo family of reality TV shows. They take a group of young professionals in New York, New York City, and during the summer, this is actually a lot of like people that have the meats do this they rent um a uh house in nantucket for the summer so every weekend they all go up there and they stay together and they you know they party and they hook up with each other and drama ensues and uh it's like a pretty core cast of characters that comes back each summer but some ancillary parts come in and out and the vanderpumps i think a few of them have visited a couple times um Winterhouse, however, is sort of the same dynamic, but this is why I like Winterhouse more. So as opposed to every weekend in the summer, them meeting up in Summerhouse and then having the week separate where like they go about their professional lives a little bit. Winterhouse, they rent a house somewhere uh, during the winter, but for like 10 or 11 days. And they're just there consecutively. So the tension and drama really builds because they don't get away from each other. Like they don't have like the week off where they're not dealing with one another's crap they're there like in i mean it's not like a small house but there's like 11 people that like you can't get away from them so if you have an argument with someone you don't have monday through friday to like cool down and uh you know like get over it like you see them again the next day so winter house i like more just for that element of it because i feel like there's a lot more blow-ups and fights which are i find really hilarious but summer house is cool too it's basically just like the dumbest idea for a show uh, but it just works because the cast of characters is funny. Now, is there the same cast for summer and winter, or do they have like similar, the same people come to both of them? 
Yes, many of the same cast. What, there's another reality show that they take like half the people for Winter House. And I'm tr- Southern Charm. That's ah uh, yeah, which I think is in like the same universe as mm-hmm. I mean, it's it else it's real life. It's obviously the same universe, but I mean like their friend circles interconnect quite a bit. Um, but the van there's only two seasons of Winter House. I'm hoping they keep. I'm sure they will because they can make money off it. But the Winter House ones really feature more. It's like a they combine with the other shows more than Summer House does. I think Summer House, the Vanderpumps and the Southern Trump people just show up to like one or two parties every summer. That they now. Have. Is are, are these based on the season that we're in? So like, is Summer House going on now, and then Winter House will be happening during winter, or do they? Yeah, and this one gets interesting because just like you were saying, Lance, they do the reunion specials afterwards. Mm-hmm. So typically, the Summer House reunion that they film, it's like right before Winter House starts. So if you're you know into the canon of Summer and Winter House, mm-hmm. I would watch the reunion special before Winter House because Winter House will spoil what you learn in the reunion special. Love it. Yeah. And th- they get, as you were describing with Vanderpump Rules, very dramatic with the reunions because they'll be like, and we have so-and-so in the audience, and it'll be like someone you didn't expect to be there ready to start another argument. And this is a Bravo show, right? Yeah, we. this is on Peacock. I think Vanderpump is on yeah, Peacock. And it is. My wife and I just plow through these. It's crazy how fast we watch them. Does uh, Andy Cohen do the reunion? Yes, he does. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's so good at this. He is. He's he's been he's the perfect person for this. Yeah, he has like the perfect temperament. Where like he'll get really frustrated with them at the same time, but like he knows exactly which buttons to push. Did you? Okay, so on Peacock for the Vanderpump one, the most recent reunion on Peacock only, they had the Vanderpump Pumped Up Edition reunion. And it was all completely uncensored. So it was just oh, all wow. of them just unfiltered. And even Andy Cohen was getting into it with some of the uh, profanities. It was amazing. I wish they had the show uncensored. Like, I don't, you know. But sometimes, sometimes it's... It, it's weird because, like, it shows, like, The Office when they have the, the random beeps. Like, the beep to me is funnier than. I agree, yeah. The, but, like, in a show like this, I just want to hear it. <laughs> At least for the reunion specials. Exactly. But I don't think Summer House has done a reunion special until like the last three or four seasons they're on like season eight yeah and winter house only has two seasons but i'm hoping we're actually one season behind on summer house so we'll have to catch up that's one that we need to get in on yeah and then we need to watch vanderpump especially after the drama that i saw mm-hmm. from this last season i was like i told my wife i was like i kind of want to see what this is all about it's gonna hit, it's completely blindsides you man you're gonna be like <laughs> wait what <laughs> Uh, all right, Lance, what's your next one? Your number two. All right, Trish. number two. This is one that I just got into over the summer. Um, to Jeff's point, I just need something junky to watch during the day sometimes. Uh, my daughter goes down for a nap, and I've already cleaned all the crevices of the stove, so I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> uh, so I, I sit down and watch a show. And a show that I've been really getting into is The Ultimate Fighter. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of like MMA. Like I don't go out of the way to watch the pay-per-views or anything like that. But if two grown people want to punch each other in the face for a chance at money, I'm, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the premise of the show is basically they bring in either male or female fighters, sometimes both. Um, and they do a, a bracket style tournament and whoever wins, wins a contract for the UFC or some of the, <laughs> the funnier stuff is when they have like, 
obvious like really weird cross promotions like one season that i saw over the summer was like you win a one hundred thousand dollar ufc contract and a harley davidson motorcycle and i was like <laughs> they kept like plugging the harley a davidson motorcycle i have dorito and i was like what? why is it just so it's painfully obvious there was another one when they were actually fighting where they were like um they had a partnership with Metro PCS and they were like, look at him connect with that punch. Speaking of connect, don't forget that Metro PCS can connect you anywhere. Around. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> but um, some of the cooler stuff that they, I think this shows went on for like over 30 seasons. Now, if you go back and watch this wow. on ESPN plus, there's tons of them. I think they realized that that formula got a little stale after a while and they had to do something to mix it up. So they did some cooler tournaments, like they made a new women's division, and they made the women fight, and whoever won the ultimate bracket won the championship, which oh, wow. that was pretty cool. Um, and then there was one where uh, there was a guy that had went like 8-0 and in the UFC and was the champion, and they brought in guys, and whoever won the tournament got a chance against him for the championship. Like, stuff like that, so it mixed it up. But these more recent seasons, they've done a much better job of like, letting you get to know the fighters so every episode ends with a fight so in the first 30 minutes of the show it's just you getting to know both the fighters which is great because i'll be like oh i really like that guy or you know you have a that guy really sucks yeah exactly you get a vested interest or you're just like i really don't like that guy like in this him get punched in the this face. most recent season the very first episode the very first fighters like i really liked one guy and i really didn't like the other guy based on watching 20 minutes of TV. Uh, and then when they fought the guy that I really liked, need the other guy in the face and knocked him out. And I was like, Oh, I feel better. This is amazing. <laughs> but, um, the ultimate fighter, it's really stupid. Um, I'm not a big fan of the UFC or Dana White in general, but the show itself is pretty entertaining. Do they do it kind of like the voice where like, there's like actual fighters or even maybe like trainers who are like trying to put together a team and like yes. coach them. So they bring in two fighters, and typically every season, the two fighters that are the coaches also fight each other at the end of it. So they go to pay-per-view oh, and they actually cool. fight each other. So and it, so sometimes the coaches are like pretty good with each other, and then other times they're just complete a-holes to each other. Uh, and it's just building up for the ultimate fight at the end. But the show is horrid. Um, it does nothing good to promote any type of thing good in our society because it's <laughs> Matt let's show how, how to be really really aggressive how to cut weight like really really quickly Un, like, in unhealthy ways in unhealthy ways yes it's literally people like I gotta lose 15 pounds in 24 hours all right well, chop it go, off no they like rub icy hot on themselves and they go sit in the sauna and oh, God, sweat it out it's horrible but like Christian Bale and the machinist when they show up for weigh-in it works <laughs> but it works but for gold. it's not a good show, but I find it thoroughly entertaining. Was this on Paramount or was you watching it? Because I know it, it was on MTV for a little while, right? ESPN Plus. Oh, okay. It's ESPN Pluser. All right, Jeff, what's your number two? This is a show that I know nothing about. All right, I have a love-hate relationship with this show, and I kind of burnt myself out on it, but the concept of it is pretty interesting and one that uh, I think for at least two seasons it's worth giving it a poke. And it's a Netflix reality show called Selling Sunset, and it follows a uh, residential real estate group in Los Angeles called the Oppenheimer Group that's run by these two identical twins, these like short, 
little guys and they hire a bunch of like uh women who work in the real estate agency for them and it's about their like competitiveness with each other and like their personal life and relationships but also the thing that i like is it really focuses on like the actual real estate part of selling houses in los angeles and the first off the houses they are selling are insane like every single one of them is like five to twenty million dollars so my wife loves that aspect of it just like getting to see these insane houses but also they sell to a lot of um celebrities who will pop in on the show like simu lu who plays shang chi is buying a house in one of the seasons um thomas bryant who plays for the los angeles lakers is a client of one of them on one of the, the seasons and it's really interesting to see like obviously they're very competitive about like the real estate stuff but like the negotiating with these houses and like the way deals can fall through and then like some of the changes these people have the money to make to a house that already costs like 20 million dollars is just absolutely wild so it's it's an interesting idea from the standpoint of like just like buying really expensive houses is fun for me to watch but after the first two seasons uh it started to get very heavy just into like the office drama and i kind of like started to check out but i think the first two seasons are very good television and it's a uh, just like an easy watch on netflix mm-hmm. is it because real estate agents they pay like three percent right so these people are sitting on like bank well that's what i love big properties right yeah when it shows a listing it'll be like house value 12.5 million commission eight hundred thousand dollars <laughs> like so when this woman sells this one house she's making like nine times what you mm-hmm. and i make in like a year and a half basically right so it's pretty uh pretty makes you feel like we're in the wrong biz but 100 and then you see like some some like of the lack of professionalism how they conduct themselves like they love an open house of two chicks like get in a fight at the open house <laughs> and i'm like you're about to make eight hundred thousand dollars when you sell this all you had to do was not throw champagne on that girl's face but you couldn't resist if you had to guess how much of it is manufactured drama versus actual like legitimate because i mean this is people's money i yeah. can see it being very real i think quite a bit of the office drama is manufactured the the part that i find almost more interesting is some of as you can imagine like the clientele they deal with are mm-hmm. sometimes just like so unreasonable like they had a guy who was selling his mansion and he wanted to price it at like 120 million dollars and the oppenheimer group was like dude this thing is no one's even going to nibble at this at all and we work with really high-end people and he was basically like an elon musk type he was like a billionaire who lived in china also so he was selling this la home and he every time that he was on the phone with her and they would show him he looked like the bad guy from inspector gadget he was like (laughs) in the dark in this leather chair like we will not change the price of the home (laughs) i was expecting him to like pet his cat you know like he Yes, the show. There was another show like this. I think it was on Bravo back in the day, and it was like all these realtors guys, but and they all hated each other too. So this seems like something I might get into. Yeah, but I can't recommend it after the second season because my wife and I were watching season three, and I, I can't remember the exact moment, but I was like, all right, I'm out on this show. But <laughs> it was a good run, you know. All good things come to an end. I feel like with a show like that, it, it can only go for so long before it just it gets so repetitive that it's like. Even that's like the fixer upper thing, right? Like, yeah, eventually true. you get to a point where, like, this show, cool, you're going to put white cabinets and you're going to put up a wood wall somewhere. Great. It's the line from The Dark Knight like, either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And uh, because money, of course, this thing strung along a little too long. 
So speaking of like real estate and stuff like that, I think I told you about it previously, but if people listening at home, that, I told you about the Lil John show, right? Uh, I don't know. Tell me. So again. there's a show on HGTV oh if you God. ever want, and it's where Lil John and his wife come in and renovate your home, but it's called Lil John wants to do what? <laughs> okay. But it's like oh, they come in and they do like over the top stuff, and you have like little John walking around like, "Yeah, I decided to put this." <laughs> what does he add? Like a <laughs> like a plinko board in the side of your wall or something? He comes up with these like basically he comes up with really imaginative weird stuff, and then he just like relies on other people to make it actually a reality. Is all the show? Does is. he have any background that would make him even remotely qualified to recommend house renovation? I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. That's it's actually better that way. And for those at home, no, he never takes off his sunglasses for the entire show because you can't see that. Yeah, I I picture if he takes off his sunglasses, he doesn't have eyes underneath. It's like Cyclops, basically. He just can <laughs> <laughs> destroy a home. Yeah. Yep. Great analogy. All right, Lance, since we actually did them in uh, ranking order today, what is your number one? I'm not surprised this is your number one. What is your number one trashy reality TV? I've only talked about this one like five or six <laughs> times on pods. So of course, it's going to be my number one. My number one, wholeheartedly, Love Island UK. Specifically UK. Love Island America holds no place compared to the original UK version. Um, so for those that are unfamiliar, have not listened to the other ones, or me trying to sway Jeff to watch the show again because this next season is about Hulu to be done. keeps recommending it. It knows that you're recommending it to me. Um, so basically, they, buy a, they have a remote villa. I believe this one's in Spain this year. And they bring in five guys and five girls originally. And uh, they have to couple up initially, even though they don't really know each other. Oh, I thought it was but way more than five. That's interesting. Just, just initially. Oh, okay. Um, so whoever you're paired up with, um, that is who you have to sleep in a bed with as well. And so does the show choose or do they get any choice in there? So it used to be, uh, that, uh, they would come in and say like a guy would walk in and there would be like five girls lined up Mm -hmm. and he would get to choose which girl he wanted to pair up with based on who he had the initial attraction to or something like that. But she had no say in the matter, but but to cause even more with it, they make the girls, if you're interested in this guy, step forward. So like mm. some of them will, and even after you've already paired up, a girl can still step forward and they can get stolen. So Have like, guys ever had the girls step forward that are interested, but they still pick one that is not yes, in them? Yes, that's absolutely. Like, <sighs> um, so that's just how it begins, and they sleep in bed together. And then as the show progresses, uh, they'll bring in bombshells. They'll bring in like new people. So you'll think that like a couple is going really strong, and then they'll get a text message, and it's like, hey, go get ready. Uh, Claire is waiting for you outside the villa and like they leave and they go on a date and they come back and they're like, wow, I actually like her way more than I like yeah. this girl. And but you have to wait till they're already kind of feeling someone else because then yeah. you really throw a wrench in the plans. But it, it gets better because they have literally nothing else to do. They have no cell phones. They have no TV. So all it is is based on their interactions with each other. Um, and then as it progresses, they do games or they do um, like last night they brought in this new special thing and they did the grafties because in the UK grafting is like flirting. Um, and they, they, yeah, they had them all like paired up and they showed them like who had the biggest like WTF moment of the year. 
and they showed like clips from the show for each nominee, but it was clips that other people hadn't seen. Oh, wow. They're like talking about each other or going behind each other's backs and like the drama that's going back and forth between all <laughs> them is, oh my God. And everyone was allowed to see these? Yes. So I can't even put it into perspective, like how great it is to see, like they'll have a discussion about something and then they get squashed. And then two weeks later, the actual clip of it comes out and then they all see it again. Um, so then at the end so of they'll it, like wait till like they've actually made peace and they're like, you know, we need yeah. to dig this back up. Yeah. And then the best part of the show and I'll spoil it uh, even though, but every year they do something called Casa Amor, which is where they take either the boys or the girls entirely and take them to another house. And then they bring in five new girls for the guys and they bring in five new guys for the girls in their oh, respective houses just to try to shake it up to see if they'll recouple. So like a relationship will be going really well and then like they'll come in and then someone new will come in and it may ruin that relationship or it may not ruin that relationship. And then when they all come back together again, um, they like ask the guys like, are you going to couple up with someone else? Or are you going to stay in your pair? And the guy will be like, Oh, I'm going to stay. I, I, I love her. I and then she comes back in with a new guy. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It's such garbage. And they like overhype all the drama that comes with it, but it's amazing. And then as the show progresses, people go home or they bring new people in. Uh, it's just like an inner, even interweaving thing. It's the the uh, the public gets to vote on certain aspects of it, and at the end of it, the public votes um, on who the ultimate Love Island couple is, and they win fifty thousand pounds each. No total. Okay. They split it. All right, so there but, is some monetary reward. Yeah, there is. And from everything that I've ever noticed on social media, basically it's such a big deal in Europe that if you're on Love Island, you're never working again. You're going to become like a what? social media influencer That's 100% because they all, everyone that I've ever seen on social media now, all they do is like travel and whatever. So <laughs> That's a wild life. I can't even. So what do you do for a living? Well, I was actually on Love Island 11 years ago. So, oh, well, never mind. Say no more. Yeah. Well, just imagine like two, like their parents are watching them the whole time. Yeah. Like your family's watching. And at a certain point, the family actually comes in to visit them. And they may like pull like whoever they're paired up with and be like, I need to talk to you about my kid real quick. Like <laughs> you did Has this. Has it ever come I out? I appreciate that. Because I know on like The Bachelor and Bachelorette, this has come out with a lot of the contestants before where like. After they're on the show, it's been revealed like, yeah, they're actually married or they're in like a serious relationship and they just okay. went on the show for social media clout. So in the uh, Love Island Australia version, I believe it was either the first or the second season, the guy that won it had a girlfriend at home and won it with this other girl, made the money. And then as soon as they basically left the villa was like, oh, I'm actually in a relationship with someone. Peace out. You know, once the check clears, he's like, deuces. <laughs> So, yeah, that does happen. What are you going to use your money for? Probably a vacation for me and my wife. Whoops. Oh, another thing. I'll leave it with this before we move on. But they also, to try to heighten the drama, they'll bring in people, like bring in either guys or girls into the villa that someone in the villa already knows. So they may oh, bring in, like, like, like they brought in, like, an ex-girlfriend or someone that they they'd went out on a couple of dates before they entered the show. Um, just to try to like mix that things really up. messes with their head. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Interesting. I, like, like... Oh I think that's my ex. I think that's my, yeah, that is it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> hey, Richard, remember me? Hello. 
So it's episode 21, so by episode 30, Jeff should be done with this most recent season so we can discuss it again. These are on Hulu, right? That's where it keeps showing yes. up. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm telling yeah. you, like, we're, it's like 50 episodes, man. Like, <clears throat> Hulu is listening because literally every time I log in, it's, it is Love Island and it's the UK version that it has, like, on the recommended. I know? think you watch enough of these other trashy things that it just knows <laughs> what you're wheeling into. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, your last one was the reason this whole conversation got sparked in the first place. Yeah, it really was. And I um, I don't know if you just left this for me, but I know you're a fan of this show as well. And that is the reality TV show uh, Big Brother, which everyone out there has probably heard of it. And you probably just think like, oh, that's like some stupid, you know, contest that CBS does every year. And a decade ago, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, I don't like Survivor. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That stuff just it's dumb. I can't get into it. Give Big Brother two weeks, and I promise you, you will be obsessed with it. Now, Lance and I are a little upset because typically this show, it airs every summer, and usually it starts, what, like mid-July? Yeah, usually it would already be happening. But we, I believe it starts next week, which mm -hmm. I'm a little bummed about because to me it's like a summer staple. But Lance and I will start talking strategy and you know people that we like and don't like on this show. And I think what I love is the concept of the show is that is it 16 people are in a yep. house yeah so 16 people go in a house and each week they compete in a couple different competitions and one of them leaves each week or is evicted although there are a few times where they do some kind of crazy twist and more than one leaves it's not very often but the there's really two aspects to the game there's the social game where it's you know you need to work and manage your relationships with people in the house so that they will keep you but also not feel like you're uh, untrustworthy and then there's the competition aspect of the game where you need to win a certain amount of competitions to have power and ensure your safety but you don't want to win too many competitions because then people will perceive you as the biggest threat to be the last person standing and win five hundred thousand dollars so you will be a threat so i think i just like how this game works on a couple levels you can watch it for like the social interactions with people or you can just watch it straight up like it's a competition show and i don't really think like it's not super gimmicky like it's not like they try and get people drunk and have them hook up with each other or mm -hmm. like you said they don't bring in like someone's estranged dad or like a ex-wife or something to like throw a wrench in the plans it's this like psychological sort of like warfare happening in a house and you do see as the summer goes on people being isolated from like their family and friends for so long sometimes they do kind of mm -hmm. like lose their marbles a little bit but yeah i like this show a lot so many layers to it so they're they're at like the house is built into the CBS studio. So they do have an outdoor area that they can go out to and they'll actually expose themselves to the sun. But if they're like, that's also where they host a majority of the competitions. So if they're ever setting up for those competitions, they're all, con they're all confined to being in the house together with no access to sun, windows, TV, cell phone, anything like that. They can't even write things down. Like yeah. they, they don't even give them like pens and paper. And like Jeff said previously, I've, I didn't get on the Big Brother train until probably four or five years ago, um, but I've watched every season since. And every season it starts, and they'll do like the first episode is just where they're doing the cheesy, like they get their keys and they get introduced. And every season I'm like, this one isn't going to be as good as the last one. Like these people are not as entertaining. And then a week and a half into it, I'm like, God, this is so good. They're like chomping at the bit. <laughs> it's crazy how often like you're first, and this is kind of like what you were saying about uh, 
Ultimate Fighter, like your first impressions are just wrong about someone. Like you'll meet someone on the show and I'm like, oh, I really like them. They seem humble and down to earth. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, I'm like, that is the most narcissistic lunatic <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And it's 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 one of those shows, too, where we're watching it from the top down view. So we're getting to see how it all interworks. And we're like, why can't you see what's happening right in front of your eyes? Like, I know. how stupid are you? Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, my wife always quotes this because it's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But there was one episode. Again, these the people in the house don't know each other until they get in the house. Like they except for like a very, very rare like twist where maybe something will be the case but like one every five seasons but they don't know each other at all and one time a woman got voted out on the show and i think she said to the person voting her out i can't believe you're going to do this on my daughter's birthday (laughs) the guy's like what i don't know you or your daughter and also like not even your birthday (laughs) what are you trying to weaponize here so anytime anything bad happens in my wife we don't even have a daughter she's like i can't believe you're gonna do this on my daughter's birthday (laughs) <laughs> i like that so the big, o- i was gonna say the other really good thing about this show is it's on like three times a week yeah which some people might hate but i kind of dig it i, I just like because you have the head of household competition you have the power of veto competition and then you have one other episode a week so you get a, a good fill of information and i um i don't think i've been able to watch so we try to watch the finale live just because we'll end up getting it spoiled mm-hmm. for us. But the nice thing, so I have Paramount Plus and they update or upload all the episodes like almost right after they air. So usually what we'll do is like find a night that we want and just binge like two or three of them and try and avoid spoilers while we can. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. That's what we do with Love Island too is like wait, try to wait like two or three days because on Love Island an episode comes out every day. So oh you're, like, you're like just wait for like three or four days and then just like Watch two at a time. Watch two at a time. Watch two yeah. at a time. Like that way, you don't have to like wait to see how things get resolved. You can just plow right through the next one. But sometimes it's nice to have that little drama hanging over you. I wonder what's going to happen with this. But <laughs> I, I don't ever let that happen because I end up going online and spoiling it for myself because I'm so curious of who won competitions and things like that. Yeah, there's been multiple times with Big Brother. I'll like be texting you as I'm watching, and you're like, "Do you want to know what happens?" I'm like, "Kind of now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so or you'll be like, "Just wait till next episode." So. To, to give backstory about this, when the first year Jeff and I worked together, we were across the hall from each other. And I, I want to tell me if I'm getting the story wrong, but I, I think I'm, I think you said something to the effect of like, I watch this show and it's really lame or something like that. And I was like, oh, what is it? And you're like, Big Brother. And I was like, bro, I'm a Big Brother. Like it just like started this like spark thing where he was like, kind of almost like, are you? Sh- I don't know how he's gonna feel about this like, show. I'm like but a then to say I watch it, but you're like, don't be, because it's a safe place. <laughs> big brother fans so then we just like started going on this tangent about talking about all like the like he said all the strategy behind it and how you would play it how i i actually almost auditioned for it last summer like really i I wrote i wrote notes down of like things that i wanted to say and like points i wanted to be made and but i think i would lose my mind i would dude i would too like there's not being able to talk to like any of my family or friends for that long i, I get why the people like kind of go nuts and lose their sanity and like, what do you do in the house i don't get it they don't have anything they don't have tv or like guess- if you if you're not head of household if you're not the the leader of the week or whatever you share a bathroom with everyone else in the house there's only one shower there's only one toilet there's only one sink like it's and the toilet isn't even really like <laughs> 
there's like a gap in the top and the bottom of the door. So it's basically yeah. like a bathroom stall. Yeah, there's zero privacy for anyone. Ugh. It would be miserable in the beginning when it's like way too crowded. And then it'll also be miserable in the end when like there's only two other people in the house. Mm-hmm. And if you hate them, it's like literally what do you do? You just right. isolate Nap yourself. All day. Oh, no, they have different times. They only have certain times they can sleep. I forgot about that. And then yeah. obviously if you're a have not, you have to take mm-hmm. cold showers and eat oatmeal. Yep. <laughs> like everyone that's that's no idea what we're talking about is like, what are they talking about? What? <laughs> is this, it sounds like a prison camp. <laughs> so Big Brother, if you want to get uh, jump in and give it a chance, I believe it starts next week. Yeah, I think right? it's August the 3rd. So there you go. There's your opportunity. I highly recommend it. And as someone who typically doesn't like or doesn't give a, a chance to a lot of these shows like the Amazing Race or Survivor, or, you know, any of those. Uh, this is the one that just has me hooked. Every year I'm like counting down the days till it comes out. All right, Lance, we end every episode with our exit ticket, which is the last part of our show where we talk about our favorite thing that we found on the internet this past week. It's usually some sort of like a deep dive, a TikTok, something we watched, an article. Uh, so what is your exit ticket for episode 21? All right, so surprise, surprise, BuzzFeed. Um, but so obviously it being the summer and where we are located, it's been averaging in the 100 degrees. So going outside is just not an option for right now. So I've been looking for things for me and my daughter to do, um, activities, toys, et cetera. And I stumbled upon this. Um, it says 49 toys that will get your kids to put down their screens without you telling them to. And I have to say, as I went and perused through this article, I know these are designed to be like kid centric toys, but like me as a guy in my mid thirties, like there were so many things here that I was like, I would totally rock that. Absolutely. Like, do they have an adult size of this that I, can... yeah. Like I, how does this work? This is amazing. So I'm not obviously going to go through all of them. I'm only going to touch base on two of them because there's so many of them. Um, but I just want to point out a couple of the other ones uh, that really stuck out to me. Number six and sorry, real quick, this will be linked in the yeah. podcast episode. So go click the link if you want to follow along with Lance. Uh, number six is the Bonsai Bump and Bounce Body Bumpers. Um, if you are a kid of the 90s like us, imagine Sockum Boppers, but they yes. fit over your entire body and you just I, run at each other like maniacs. I was just going <laughs> to reference Sockum Boppers, which are basically designed to break like within five minutes. Right. But literally, these are like body Sockum boppers, and it shows in the thing a little gif of two kids just running at each other, and then one of them getting like pulverized. But there's because there's so much protection around them, it's fun. So, Low man wins. I would absolutely do this. This sounds super fun, and twenty bucks on Amazon for both. That's not, not bad. a bad deal. From yeah. what I can, I don't know if it comes with a, an air pump, but. If you have one, like for an air mattress, this would be, you could just reinflate these as often as you needed. And then uh, number 13 was one that I feel like they probably had this when I was a kid, but I didn't use it. And it's the dueling stomp rocket. And it's basically like a foam rocket that you attach to a thing and you jump on a little pad and the air force, <laughs> you pushing that pushes the rocket up into the air. And it says can launch up to 200 feet in the air. When I saw that, I was like, prove it i know that is really high (laughs) so i have a field behind my house that i could take this out and i'm very very tempted to buy this and give that a shot because that seems like a lot of fun 
what I would end up doing if I couldn't get it like by jumping on it is being like, all right, someone get a sledgehammer. Right. Just <laughs> destroy car- this thing. Carnival this thing. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> I think uh, my neighbor had something kind of similar to this, but it was like, it was a Nerf rocket that hooked up to a sprinkler and mm. like the water pressure would build up and then you would hit a button and it would release it and like shoot up the, the Nerf uh, like arrow or missile or whatever. That also sounds thoroughly entertaining. Yeah, but it, it never, like, if it was angled even slightly, it would basically, like, shoot straight into the ground. So, it was, <laughs> And it, like, wouldn't balance properly as all these things have, like, a weird defect. <clears throat> but yeah, One that caught my eye that I actually had as a kid is number five on the list. The, uh, like, marble maze that you can build. Mm-hmm. I had that, I remember, too. I remember having so many of these pieces. And I don't think kids... Like this is such an old thing to say, but I don't think kids collect marbles anymore. But I actually had like a lot of marbles. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's a valid valid sentence to say is that kids yeah. do not collect marbles anymore. As a ninety year old uh, person, but yeah, these things were sick. Like uh, you could wheel them around. They basically look like a uh, like mouse maze that you would construct. Mm-hmm. I didn't have like half the like the little spinny wheel on this one. I didn't have, but I had some pretty cool ones. I remembered you could do, it, and you could do like marble races. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's and the really big marble age there. The big marbles called the cat's eyes. You weren't allowed to use because they were too heavy. Hmm. So. Yeah. Captivating. But yeah, check this out. There's a lot of stuff on here. A lot of it is $30 or less from what I see. So pretty reasonably priced um, and definitely worth checking out if you're looking for a little bit of nostalgia or if you have kids and are just wanting to entertain them a little bit. Yeah. This, a lot of this stuff is like, you quote unquote buy it for your kids, but like wink, wink, wink nod, nod. Right, you're getting used <laughs> out of this as well. I gotta go test it before we let her play with it, honey. Like, I'm sure I'd give my daughter like one jump on that rocket stomp, and then be like, no, right, now I gotta, I gotta make sure this thing goes yeah. 200 feet. Here we go. <laughs> you go to take a nap, and Dad's gonna play with this for four more hours. Um, all right, my exit ticket is actually something pretty topical happening in the world of entertainment. And I think we might have briefly mentioned this on the show, but now that it's in full force, I just wanted to get your take on it, Lance. And that is uh, the current uh, Hollywood actor and writers strike that's happening. So I don't know exactly how the unions are set up, but there's basically three of them from what I'm told. There's the WGA, which is like the Writers Guild. There's a Directors Guild. And then there's SAG, which is the Writers and actors are right now all on strike in Hollywood. So basically all uh, productions featuring anyone from any of those three unions are halted and any like promoting of any current projects from any of those three parties is halted. And the big uh, impetus for this is mainly I think it started with writers wanting obviously better compensation. But the key issue and the thing that I just again, wanted to specifically get your take on Lance is residuals and the lack of residuals being paid out. And for Mm -hmm. people who don't know, and I only know this because I've been reading way too much about this, but residuals are basically after a show has completed and aired, whenever it re-airs anywhere, um, the people who created the content, you know, in like the old network TV days, like Seinfeld and Everybody Loves Raymond, they would get a small fraction of payment from when it re-aired because they're selling commercial rights and syndication rights. And basically that model has just gone away to the point where um, I read an article, the person who wrote season one of Squid Game, um, which became like that year, the the most popular Netflix show in the world, made 
like hundreds of millions of dollars, although Netflix won't open their books. The writer of Squid Game uh, received like $20,000 for writing the show and nothing else and has to uh, drive for Uber. And wow. they made like yeah, they made like the most popular show in the world. So basically, writers are getting no residuals at all while these studios are making money hand over fist. And it just it's like a crazy model that just can't sustain itself. So I guess Lance, what are what's your thought on this, and sort of where do you come in as far as like who's right, who's wrong, how do we fix it? Honestly, this is not like my wheelhouse. One hundred percent. I was actually going to have you explain this to me. Like I was, you were. My mommy and daddy gave me $10 to open a lemonade stand. The next um, summer, I'll be six. I'll be six. Um, obviously, and this may be false or you could correct me, but I felt like a lot of the leverage that they were trying to use against the writers was that they could have AI mm-hmm. potentially do these things for the writers. And it, you're just not going to get the same content like with right. that. It's just not going to be the same because AI can do that, but you can't have like the, a show like the office for example with that that cast of crew of people writing collectively together and bouncing ideas off each other is going to get you a completely different product than a computer right. um as far as the residuals go um i think we talked about this at lunch the other day but like the power rangers thing uh like the guy for, was it zordon yeah you told me this which yeah is crazy. zordon the guy that was zordon was in for, every episode of power rangers was in every episode he filmed all of his stuff in one day was paid like a thousand dollars or something like that and then never received anything else for that even though it was used for the entirety of the first season and obviously that's a show that went on to be extremely successful and had a lot of playback so he should have been receiving I mean, some they've type made of billions of off of power rangers right and of all the power rangers spinoffs that there's been mighty morphin is like you know one a like it's that one um i think for this I don't know how it all, obviously all gets resolved, but it's going to cause a big hiccup because some of the shows that they're already talking about it affecting uh, Stranger Things, they're talking about may not play until like 2026, 2027. Jeez. Deadpool 3, which they had just moved up the date I know. that we're going to get it earlier, is now probably potentially going to get pushed back. because And we were getting like awesome set photos of it, so momentum was building. So that's going to be completely halted. I, I don't know, man. It's like any other entity where the CEO or whoever's at the top of it is going to be making over 90% of all income. And then they kind of just trickle it down to everyone else. Um, But I will say, obviously actors are doing well for themselves. They have money. And the fact that they are out and protesting and picketing and stuff for the people, for some of the low men on the totem pole, uh, that's respectable. Yeah. And I saw, I think Dwayne Johnson made like a massive donation either yesterday or the day before. Yeah, like a huge donation to them. Um, But it's just, we're so saturated by different types of media now that I don't know how they, how do you make it all unified across, you know, all fronts? You know what I mean? Because like TV is different than a streaming service and a streaming service is different than a movie. And it's just... There's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah, I think what is going to happen to end the the strike specifically from the writer's standpoint is even if it's um, not like 100% of what they're asking, but the studios are going to have to show a willingness to like at least meet them halfway, like show a willingness to like compensate people if their work is successful. Yeah. Um, because again, we can't have the writer of Squid Game, which 
again, Netflix won't open their books, which is super cryptic and suspicious in and of itself. But we can't have that guy or girl driving for Lyft or Uber when, mm -hmm. you know, a year after their show is the most popular thing in the world. Right. Doesn't look right. So it's I don't know. If, if it's backwards, man. If you're someone with like more information on this or like you have a really cool take, email us at Teachers by Day at Outlook because this interests me a lot. But every time I like start to read an article about it or watch like a YouTube video, it sort of goes above my head. But obviously, Lance and I are huge fans of TV and movies. So the stuff that is being affected by it is a, of direct concern to me. <laughs> yep. So I don't know. Maybe it'll come to an end before, you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> The, the last one that happened, speaking of reality TV show, to make it all come full circle real quick, the last writer's strike, I think it was in like 04, and uh, I was I learned this because I was watching the American Gladiators documentary a little while back, but that led to like the creation of all these new reality shows because networks realized we don't need writers for these, so mm -hmm. we can produce these to fill our content quota, um, and that was when American Gladiators came back, although it was a horrible version of it. So we might start getting some really bad... Uh, reality TV shows in large quantities if this continues to happen. Thank God. What yeah. more do we need? Silver lining. All right, Lance, before we let the people go for episode 21, any closing thoughts? Um, no, this will be, I guess, our last pod until we are officially back at work. So if you have a teacher friend, give them a pat on the back, buy them a coffee, something like that. Just, uh, yeah. And pray that Jeff and I have a amazing fantastic school year yes we will well i'm sure we'll talk about it way too much on pod once we get back but absolutely yeah i echo that too what an awesome summer i'm ready for an awesome school year and uh to get back in the swing of things to get back to my old routine this is what i need yep all right for lance i'm jeff we have been teachers by day thank you for giving us a listen you can find us on spotify apple music amazon music uh, pretty much anywhere you find your audio podcasts. You can also shoot us an email, teachersbyday at outlook.com. And as always, I'll kick the can down the road on promising that we might eventually get a social media presence, but till then, uh, TBD. So, which is actually the initials of hey the podcast. Hey wow. hey. Totally unintentional. Thank you guys, and we will catch you next time. Bye.